Morning, everyone. Welcome to this Tuesday morning. And we're going to go through an interesting psalm today. Uh, if you ever listened to the Christian band Third Day back in the day, they wrote a song called My Hope Is In You based on the psalm. If you've never heard it, go Google it or look it up on YouTube. It's a great, great song. I'd like to talk today about something which I call the Christian midlife crisis. And I think it does affect some of us. It affects, I think it affects all of us, actually, at some times or another. And I think there's some keys in today's text that will help us just overcome that and to keep growing and keep maturing. So I'm going to read from verse 1 to 9 of Psalm 25 today, and then we'll jump into it. So it says, In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. And here's this Christian midlife crisis thing that I'm talking about. When I first get saved, I come to faith in Jesus. This relationship I have with him is amazing. He's speaking to me. When I hear sermons preached, they're just like these thunderbolts out of the heavens. They sound amazing. I'm just like, whoa, so much amazing truth. He's forgiven me for my sins. My life is changing so much because there's so much to change about my life as I realize about the kingdom. And there's just this incredible rush when I first come to faith in Jesus for a lot of us. But then what can easily happen is, after we've been serving God for a few years, what happens? I begin to look at my life and I go, sure, I haven't dealt with that issue yet. That issue's still around. And so I start to feel ashamed. Sure, maybe I'm not, the, not a very good Christian because I haven't dealt with this issue. And then I begin to look back and I see all the sins and I'm like, Oof, I'm still sinning. I'm still falling. I'm still making mistakes. And I also look around and I'm like, Maybe the sermons that I hear aren't quite as thunderclap from heaven anymore. Maybe the teaching that I'm hearing isn't quite as profound anymore. We still love it and it's still amazing to us. But I've heard a lot of preaching and teaching now. What happens is I begin to feel stuck. And so just like David says here, he says, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame nor let my enemies triumph over me. What happens is in that moment, we begin to settle into this place of shame where I begin to feel like I should be a better Christian. I should be further along on the journey. I should be, I should be. I've got all these shoulds. And I forget the fact that Jesus has forgiven me everything that I've ever committed, everything I will forgive, and his grace is more than enough for me. I forget that. And also when I look around, I'm looking to people now to inspire me and to grow me because remember when a lamb is born, they're fed primarily by sheep, not by shepherds. The shepherd feeds the sheep, but the sheep feed the lambs. And it's like that. When I first come to faith in Jesus, I'm, I'm, I've got this relationship with Jesus, but oftentimes I'm feeding on secondhand food that, that other people have received from Jesus, and then they're feeding it to me, like encouraging me with God's word and this and that. And, and it's amazing for me. And so what happens is I begin to mature a little bit, and all of a sudden maybe people aren't feeding me as much anymore. People are kind of expecting me just to get on with it myself. And I, I begin to feel like, I'm not being fed. I'm beginning to feel a little bit starving. And also I'm aware of my past, my sin, my shame. And I get stuck in this quandary. And friends, I, I think it's possible for us, all of us, like I said, to get stuck in that place. And David gives us some amazing keys. And so I'd like to just quickly read them to us. He, he talks about shame. But then he says this. 
This is how we won't be put to shame. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. And so no one who hopes in God, right? not hopes in people, no one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. And I love what David says here. He says this, remember, Lord, your grace, your great mercy and love. For they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. And friends, I would like to remind us, if you feel stuck in that place today, remember, God remembers you. David said this, remember me according to your love. Friends, when God thinks of you, right, his thought of you is how much he loves you. His thought of you is about what a great price his son was prepared to pay for you. That's how valuable you are. He doesn't look back over your past like we do and with our highlights and our lowlights and all that kind of stuff and we sit there and we begin to feel ashamed. No. So David says, if I have to look back over my life, I would feel incredibly ashamed. But Lord, thank you that you don't look back over my life with the same measuring stick. You look back over my life according to your love. And friends, that's how he's looking back over your past. So stand up, stick your shoulders back and stick your chin out. Because God's love is being poured into you. That's how he's thinking of, of you right now. And in terms of thinking the way forward, in terms of growing and being fed and being sustained, there is a, there is a responsibility on each of us now to no longer be leaning on everybody else. But God wants to feed us so that we can feed others. When Peter was restored by Jesus, he denied Jesus three times. He comes to Jesus and Jesus says to him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. The second time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Take care of, excuse me, my sheep. The third time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Feed my lambs. Two out of the three times, there was an encouragement to Peter saying, if you love me, you will feed others. And friends, this isn't just about ourselves. What David is saying here, that God wants to lead us. And friends, he doesn't want us to walk forward compassless. He doesn't want us to walk forward and go, I don't know what it means to be a good Christian. I don't know what it means to mature. I don't know what it means to be... Um, to be close to God or to hear his voice. He wants to teach us himself. Listen to the stuff that David says here. He says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. And friend, perhaps if you've been feeling a bit stuck, can I ask you to take your eyes off people? Take your eyes off others and go to God himself and say, Lord, like David cried, but Lord, you are good. You are the one who instructs us. I love what he says. Look at the two things he says. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. Fallen people, real people. He instructs us in his ways and he guides the humble in what is right. And friends, the humility is this, to come to God and say, Lord, I think I've got an idea about my future, but I want you to instruct me. I want you to teach me what it means to know you. And friends, that is a prayer he will always answer us. The f I don't know how, how to say this without sounding frustrated, and I'm not frustrated, but the world doesn't need a bunch of lukewarm, stuck, you know, Christians that are just sitting there and waiting for Jesus to come back. What the world needs is a group of Christians who understand God has forgiven them. They are living free from their past, living free from the hurt, living free from their baggage, living free from their sin. And being taught by God and fed by God and then taking what they've received 
and being able to bless others. That's the incredible mandate that God's put in front of us. And so hopefully that's encouraging for you today. If you're struggling with it, just come to God. God, thank you that you you know me according to your love. You see me according to your love. And Lord, you want to instruct me in your ways. I want to hear from you, Lord. I want you to grow me. I want to be a sheep. I want to be the sheep that walks closest to the shepherd. That's at your feet, you know, with these big eyes. Like, oh, I'm with the shepherd. And have that, 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 that just childlike innocence as God feeds us. And this humility. And as he feeds us, we are, we are able to go to the lambs and feed them. And to encourage others to come know this incredible Jesus that we know. See you guys in the morning, tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning.